0: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to an edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, July 18th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Or if you want just Padres content, go check out the Lockdown Padres YouTube channel as well, Lockdown Padres on YouTube, if you want to see the lovely shirt that I'm wearing. It may or may not have to do with the highest-grossing entertainment franchise, media franchise, whatever you want to call it, in history. It's true. It's true. You'll have to go check that out. And, of course, at LO underscore Padres if you want exclusively Padres tweets. (sighs) Guys, it's time for a good old-fashioned weekend recap. That's right, recapping this last series uh, the Padres played against the D-backs and some news that actually occurred over the weekend as well. We're going to run through this really quickly because, you know, by the time you guys are watching this or listening to it, it might be time for the Home Run Derby to get started. So I don't want to keep you occupied. And don't get me wrong, the the Home Run Derby, not necessarily something that Padres fans will be watching Or should I say watching intently because there is no Fernando Tatis, there is no Manny Machado, heck, there's no Luke Voigt, right? Tatis voiced uh, uh, a desire to do so, but of course he was hurt last year, unfortunately. Uh, But nonetheless, guys, we got to talk about this weekend because this weekend did give us some cool stuff um, to talk about. Duh. Uh let's start with start with Friday's game, which was one in which the Padres won five to three on the back of Mr. U Darvish, which was awesome. Aside from getting some RBIs from Hassan Kim and Esther Ruiz and Austin Nola, who had a nice double in this game as well, um it was a pretty good overall game. It didn't start out great for Yu Darvish, serving up a home run in the first inning to Catal Marte, but overall, really solid line for The superstar sort of ace, at least in terms of name value and all that stuff, right? Seven innings, three earned runs on five hits. He walked two and struck out nine. His ERA on the year, 3.41. He also threw 114 pitches. And I say that to emphasize what I've been saying for a while which is that Darvish has just been so quietly effective this year, and he's been going deep into games, which is really, really nice. I can't remember the last time he didn't go at least six innings, which is big for a team that has had issues with a struggling bullpen and has issues with scoring runs sometimes, right? So it is really nice to see Darvish kind of come out this year and be really effective. The last time he didn't go six innings was way before even May 19th. Right? Like that was the last time he went uh, less than six innings. So that's really cool. And I've been wondering maybe, and I posed this question on a podcast before is it possible that we weren't looking at. The right thing last year with darvish and that maybe yeah the sticky stuff affected him and affected his spin rate maybe last year but the spin rate has still been pretty good for the most part this year in a lot of ways and more importantly maybe it wasn't a sticky stuff thing maybe it was a second half because he's just fundamentally getting older sort of thing right but i will say if this is the new version of you darvish which is a guy who may go for a, a little bit more on contact stuff i know his ground ball rate is a little bit down and what have you maybe he's just trying to last longer into games and yes he's going to give you that Marte home run and whatnot but i'll take it especially on this team that has a really deep pitching staff and i know i know his strikeout rate is the lowest of his career by far it's sitting at 23 percent. the lowest of his career was 27.2 back in 2018 or at least what from what I'm looking at right now, it's it's been a while since his strikeout rate was this low. So that's a little bit of a decrease, but walk percentage down to 5.1 from the 6.5 last year. And overall, I think that we've seen that his cutter has been really effective. If you look at run value, if you look at the fact that he's added more of an inch on his on his, on the break of the pitch, that's really cool. So he's been disguising his pitches better and just not getting hit nearly as much as he was before. Maybe not the strikeouts, right? We know you, Darvish, for strikeouts but I'll take what he's been giving us because fundamentally he's allowing less runs. The big question with him is going to be how long does he last uh, for the rest of the season, right? Is that what I suggested, right? Is what I suggested that his decline last year was because of age and that he can't hold up for a season or was it the sticky stuff? I don't know, but we're going to find out in the second half. That probably is one of my biggest questions actually for the Padres uh, in the second half of the season. So that should be really, really interesting to follow. The other big thing on this, of course, was Estuary Ruiz, who played for the team. That was really, really fun. He was, you know, uh, exciting, I think is the word to say. Having the high socks and what have you. He played, um, you know, uh, and he played uh, okay I guess, so far, during the stretch of when he debuted. I actually made a mistake. I forgot that he debuted against the Rockies, which was cool, um, going two for four in that game. He had a hit in every single game. He's had a couple doubles so far. Not the most impressive slash line in the world because... He just started. It's only six games, 263 batting average and 263 on base. So he hasn't had a walk yet, but 421 slugging. And like I said, with the two doubles, he also has a steal to his name, which is nice and also made a nice diving catch uh, this weekend, which was very, very, very cool out in right field. So look, Ruiz is definitely one of those lottery. I'm not going to say lottery ticket in the sense that he has, that they just acquired some 17 year old. I mean, in the sense that, he's the hope for this Padres team right now he is this kind of you know prospect that you're calling up that nobody's really talked about recently and you're hoping he can be that guy that just comes up and is awesome like immediately right and at least a solid player overall kind of like the way Jay Cronenworth was that guy no one was talking about and came in and gave the Padres a huge huge blessing you know what I'm saying so hopefully Ruiz can do that because an outfield of profar who, welcome back, by the way, great to see him. Uh, healthy and, and everything, that was the most important thing. Um, Ruiz, and then a mixture of Grisham slash Tatis, which I imagine is where they're going to play Tatis, maybe in right field, maybe even center field. We'll have to see how that plays out. And Grisham might be the fourth outfielder off the bench at this point. The guy can't hit, and he made some defensive miscues this weekend. So we're gonna have to see how that all goes down. But Estuary Ruiz, really, really interesting. And also, like I said earlier, uh, some RBIs from our boy, Hassan Kim. Which is really nice. Some small ball 5-3 to three, uh, victory for the Padres. So that was very nice, guys. But before we move on and talk about the next game. Before we move on. Hmm. Let's talk about something important, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about Blue Nile. The original online jeweler to high-income adults. You know, primarily some male folks. Maybe you're looking to get engaged. That's what this has for you guys you can celebrate all of life's special moments from gifting the custom engagement ring of their dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler and there's two parts of this business guys it's very important there's wedding jewelry and there's fine jewelry wedding jewelry is like engagement rings and bands and then the other stuff is like necklaces and cocktail rings and diamond jewelry in general right do not worry they've got you covered in all of those things and i'm not a big jewelry person I mean, don't get me wrong, I do have some good looks, as anybody who's watched the YouTube channel knows. I'm rocking a certain shirt right now. Represent. Let me know in the comments which one of the folk- these folks you chose, or what shoes, I, sh- I should say. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Uh, but seriously, though, um, it's, it's really cool, uh, guys. They've got all these online tools to help you choose the size, the shape of the diamond, and kind of the style of it overall, which is really, really cool. So go check that out. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings and what have you. Plus, every order is insured, ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, folks. Let's keep it all moving. And thank you for making today your first listen. I know that this is a little bit late of an upload. Tomorrow's won't be. But nonetheless, thank you for listening to the podcast, free and available on all platforms. Let's talk about Saturday's game. I also forgot to mention they defeated Madison Bumgarner in Friday's game for the D-backs. And you know I love, 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 love beating Madison Bumgarner. The Padres won another one, 4-3, a close game uh, over the Diamondbacks on Saturday. It was a little bit of a mini sort of crazy day of bullpen stuff. The Diamondbacks were mix- mixing and matching. They didn't have a reliever go aside from Middleton, uh, Kenyon Middleton, more than an inning. They had a p- couple guys that went one uh, for one out and a couple guys who went for two outs, and that's it. So that was interesting. But the big story in this game, there's actually probably two big stories in this game for the Padres. Number one is Sean delivering yet again another solid start. Six innings, three earned runs on seven hits, two walks, and only three strikeouts, which was um, um, unfortunate. Sean look, he's not bad. I know that the 4.1 ERA is less than desirable, but you have to keep in mind that he's just not getting lit up all that often. He's a steady sort of starter. And again, I don't know how many times I have to say this, In this Padres rotation, he is doing just fine. And I think he's going to get better, actually. Although, again, this is not a guy that I think is a wipeout ace. He has those games where he looks like a wipeout ace. In fact, actually against Colorado, he was kind of looking like that for a little bit. I know he had a start against um, the Brewers, where he only gave up a run. But for the most part, he's just a okay kind of back-end starter who's going to be occasionally better than a back-end starter. So he was fine in this game. Um, overall, even if the triple from Buddy Kennedy, who i never heard of in my life before this game, and the Carson Kelly home run wasn't great. But don't worry, because Matthew Batten came in to save the day with a double, allowing Trent Grisham to score, who got on base in this game, despite some miscues in the outfield, which was weird. That is a weird thing about Grisham, is that while I think he is a solid defender, he's certainly not a plus-plus defender. This is not Jackie Bradley Jr. This is not even... You know, Tyler O'Neill, this is not a Cardinals player of any kind, right? He's solid, but then he has these weird miscues where he misjudges the distance between him and the ball or he even, heck, drops the ball sometimes. He's very, very weird, and honestly, it's getting to the point where I don't really like making fun of the guy. I mean, I don't like making fun of nearly any player with the exception of the ground ball gremlin first baseman who must not be named but with him it's just kind of like unfortunate because at this point it does feel like at least part of this has to be mental and he's clearly not having a fun time out there you know what I'm saying so I hope he gets better but it does not seem like he's the future starting center fielder for the Padres but anyway the biggest thing in this game Luke Voigt hitting a three run home run that ended up being the game winning home run in the bottom of the sixth he pimped it he was a no doubter it was great Allowing Machado and Man uh, Jake Cronenworth to score, which was great. Taylor Rogers nailing down the save, which is nice and juicy because Rogers has been struggling lately, um, and we talked about that on a previous episode. My thing being, I'm fine with keeping Taylor Rogers as a closer, I really just don't see with all the different areas of need that this team has, that there will be an obtainable arm necessarily. I know Robertson's been very good for the Cubs this year, but I'm just saying I, I smell a slight regression with him coming maybe a little bit. It does feel a little bit like the resurgence is out of nowhere and almost like perfect time for his career sake. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I do trust Rogers. I think that he's going to get better. I think he's going to be fine. I think he just went through a really, really crazy uh, regression to the mean. That's kind of gotten a little bit out of control. Um, if the Padres do get another closer, I wouldn't mind it, but I don't think it's necessarily the number one area. I think overall, just getting better relievers is kind of what the Padres need to do, right? They need to get some middle inning guys because to Nelson Lemaitre, he got sent out. He's been a mess, right? You can't really. Count on him necessarily. Maybe Monahan can do that. Maybe Nick Martinez who showed up in the game, right? Like maybe guys like that. But overall, I'm not saying they can go out and get Josh Hader or whatever the heck, right? They can't do that. They can't do that. Um, but Luke Voigt, it's interesting because Luke Voigt for the second half, he's gonna be something I keep an eye on, but both numbers-wise and my eye test, with the Javier Reyes eye tests, esoteric analysis. Let's start with the eye test stuff. He's striking out a whole lot, um, which isn't great. He is walking, which has been counteracting a little bit. He's always been a decent uh, batter when it comes to his walk rate. 11.3%, which is the highest since 2019, which is very, very cool. But his strikeout rate is over 30% at 32.8. It did bloat last year at 31 or 30.7%. So, one of the things with him is the increase in strikeout rate isn't great. I know he walks a decent amount, but just overall, I'd like to see that batting average tick up a little bit. It seems like he's forcing the issue. He was like 0 for 18 before that home run heading into that game, and that's the thing. been really streaky, and if the Padres are hoping that this can be their main power bat outside Machado and hopefully when Tatis comes back, I think that that's going to be not necessarily the best uh, bet to make. Uh, Going forward, we'll see what happens with him. One positive his ground ball rate is down, uh, which is really cool. 41% last year. It is at 35.7%, which is kind of in line with kind of his career best season of 2018, which is nice. But overall, I'm just having trouble totally seeing it uh, for Luke Voigt this season think he gets fooled on some pitches and is trying to do a little bit too much. And with the esoteric analysis, my thing is, mention that strikeout rate ballooning a little bit to 30% last year. The Yankees, as much as people like to make fun of them, not a stupid organization, right? Uh, So my view on this is maybe the Yankees just knew something from stats that I'm not super smart enough to understand, right? They just kind of knew, yeah, all right, we have Anthony Rizzo at first. And that occasionally maybe they can play some other guys there, right? Like DJ LeMahieu or whoever the heck they have on that team, right? Maybe that was what it was, and they just figured let's just get word of void because he's not going to have at-bats on this team. Or they figured, one, he's not going to have at-bats on this team, and two, he's in line for some serious regression, and he's not that superstar slugger that he was in 2020 for... A, you know, a pro rated season, a shorter season. Um, and they just kind of knew let's at least trade him before people find that out and get this pitching prospect for the Padres, who notoriously have uh, missed on a lot of trades and their pitching development isn't always the best. And they've been sending over some quality guys over the past few seasons. So maybe that's what happened. This is not like they acquired Voight from the Kansas City Royals or, you know, some other low tier team. Right In the Cincinnati Reds, where it's just like, yeah, they're just selling to sell. Maybe the Yankees knew something. Maybe they did. Um, Yeah, maybe they did, guys. Maybe they did. There was one more game that occurred this weekend that honestly is better left uh, not discussed. For being honest, folks. For being honest. But before we get into it, ladies and gentlemen, let me take another quick break to talk to you about... You know, maybe uh tonight. You, uh, you got a good feeling. Maybe you think Pete Alonso is going to go for the 3 P. Maybe you think uh, Julio Rodriguez. Who knows? My boy. I love Julio Rodriguez. Super fun. Great smile. Maybe you think he's going to win the derby. Maybe you want to make a bet. Well, guess what, guys? BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Major League Baseball stuff, they got you covered, man. You want MVP odds. You want odds for every game. Whatever you want. So, you know, your... You're, uh, live betting stuff and your esports and all the scores updated in real time guys it remains the best spot for all of your sports scores podcasts and news this season betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events so what are you waiting for head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action betonline where the game starts Let's keep moving, folks. Let's talk quickly about this last game before we get into the fun news that occurred over the weekend. The Padres lost the last game of the set 3-1 to one, with Merrill Kelly, who's been quietly pretty okay for the D-backs again. D backs are a team the Padres have been playing really well against. They're not like a great baseball team, but they're certainly not a pushover. They've got some guys on this team uh, that can do stuff, and Merrill Kelly is one of them, right? They have Zach Gall and even Madison Bumgarner has delivered a little bit. So not an atrocious baseball team, just a team that clearly is rebuilding. But well, you know they they can still beat someone every now and then. This isn't the Cubs or the Royals. Or, heck, even sometimes the Marlins, right? The Nationals, those type of teams. They're like a little bit of a tier above that. So, shouts to Miller Thomas of Lockdown D-backs. He does a great job over there. I'm happy that he has at least something to watch. Uh, so, Mary Kelly in this game, six innings, one earned run on six hits. No walks, five Ks. Paddy just couldn't hit the guy. Um, Luke Voigt is the only one that managed anything in this game uh, with a one one-for-four performance with a home run, which was very nice. Don't get me wrong, especially for my fantasy team. My deep 16 team league. Uh, that's why I have Luke Voigt on my team. Um, look, this is this is just what happens sometimes. It's okay. I still think winning the series was very important. I would have loved the sweep. But like I said, D back's not a terrible team. And again, the Padres still have a positive record. Although the series against the Rockies was extraordinarily depressing and really might have portended of what's to come, it could have been that way. They're still 52 and 42. And they still have a lot of hope on the horizon. Heck, out of this series, I know that they play the Mets. I'll actually be going to the game on Saturday, which I'm really excited for. Then they've got Detroit. Look, there's still a whole lot of season left, and we talk about it all the time. Still have to see. And, you know, A.J. Preller, he's probably going to make some moves. Um, Mike Clevenger, probably the unfortunate, uh, what's the called, recipient of a loss in this game. Six innings, one earned run on four hits, two walks and eight Ks. He did give up some big hits. But I still think that overall uh, David Peralta, by the way, just a Padres killer. I still think that overall uh, Mike Clevenger looked really, really solid. And I think that, you know, Clevenger is going to be that other thing. I think him and Darvish are going to be like super huge for this team. Um, Heading down the stretch and heading into the second half of the season overall. I think that Clevenger has shown that if he's healthy, he's still extraordinarily effective. I mean, This has just been only a question of health for Mike Clevenger for the most part. He also had 16 whiffs uh, across his arsenal, 9 from his fastball, which was nice. He was throwing a decent amount of sliders and cutters. He looked pretty comfortable out there. And it just happened to be that the Padres gonna hit Merrill Kelly. So, not worried in the sense of Mike Clevenger's stuff. I clearly think that he shows it. One thing I talked about um, for this season was Clevenger. What if he is a guy that because he's coming off this Tommy John surgery, that it'll be the second half of the season when he starts to put things back together and he's really fully recovering, getting, to, getting back into the swing of things. Then maybe we'll see what the Padres originally traded for. Based on this start and based on previous starts, hopefully that is the case, right? Again, this is a guy who's one of the most effective guys in baseball. I put out a stat actually recently for all you, you stat heads that may enjoy the Old stats and whatnot, uh, ERA plus, which is a good stat for just looking at ERA, but in a way that isn't just you know, it, it kind of puts a bunch of things together. We don't have to get into that now, but in terms of ERA plus, um, what is it called? Uh, here, let me get it real quickly. The ERA plus leaders through a player's first four seasons since 2000. The leaders are Jose Fernandez, number one, Chris Sale, Barry Zito, Roy Oswalt, and number five, Mike Clevenger. Mike Clevenger. That's right. Through first four seasons, he has one of the five best ERA plus uh, numbers um, for the first four seasons of their career. And the other n- names on that list, Brandon Webb, Tim Lincecum, Kyle Hendricks, Shane Bieber, Clayton Kershaw. It's not like I named a bunch of names on there that are nobodies, right? It's not like I put on there um, Chris Archer or I put on no Chris Archer catching a stray right now, but y- y- you get what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen. This is This is a very good list. The only kind of Below guy is maybe Kyle Hendricks. Uh, you could argue Lincecum, but Lincecum was lit for a little bit, even if he did fall off. You know, there's there's some good good names on here in terms of overall stuff, right? And I know Hendricks is probably a little bit weak on here, but Hendricks isn't the worst thing in the world. He had a few good seasons for the Cubs, so that's what kind of company and kind of potential Mike Clevenger is currently in. So guys, stay uh, stay tuned on that. Stay tuned on that. I'm hoping that he can be really good in the second half. The last thing we got to talk about is a bombshell, ladies and gentlemen. It got tweeted out by Jeff Passon first, or not Jeff Passon first. My my mistake. It got tweeted out by Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic, who was reporting that Juan Soto turned down this fifteen dollar, fifteen year. I'm sorry, uh, four hundred forty million dollar contract, which was an annual average value of about twenty nine million. He turned that down, and that the team is expected to explore options. So. I'm actually going to be doing a whole episode on this, uh, for tomorrow's show that you guys can look forward to. I'll be wearing the same shirt as well, uh, because I'm going to be recording it today. Uh, but with this news, obviously everyone's talking Padres reportedly from John Heyman. The Padres are very much interested, which duh, uh, it's Juan Soto, right? And we're going to talk all about that on tomorrow's episode. But my first thing with this will be, I do not think this is a simple, uh, situation for the Padres. It is similar to how I felt about the Brian Reynolds situation. Brian Reynolds for the record started off slow, but he's been really ramping it up. He always starts a little bit slow. He's been ramping it up. And I talked about how this is this is tricky. This is not so easy because the Padres don't have a great outfield situation right now. They have their their farm system is actually hasn't taken as much as a hit as maybe we thought it was going to take with Gore looking really good. I know he also, only gotten out by the way on Sunday. I forgot to mention that. Hoping that he's not having that rookie fall off the rookie wall. I'm really hoping that he's at least going to be okay um, for the rest of the way. But with Gore being someone who's broken out, right? With Robert Gasser, with James Wood, with Esther Ruiz, who's now on the team, right? And then you've got Robert Hassel and CJ Abrams and Luis Campeson. There is at least some guys in this farm system, despite how much they've traded out over the years and what have you guys. So, that is a reason be optimistic i think if you're a padres fan so that's really cool so the question is do you want to destroy that for juan soto now let me tell you if you're going to destroy your farm if you're going to make a big trade juan soto is great we know that right so all i'm saying is before you guys see this episode tomorrow or listen to it just keep in mind i do not think this is so easy of a situation to figure out and obviously it's going to be the big one that everyone's going to be talking about for a while uh probably for the rest of all-star weekend by the way this is going to be a story i would love nothing more for the record in the middle of tonight's home run derby for a trade to be announced just anywhere but the dodgers if it's if it's not the padres just anywhere but the dodgers because that would be annoying but it would just be fun for my nba heads out there if you guys remember when demarcus cousins got traded in the in the middle of the all-star game it's just wild fun as just a media person who enjoys hype and ridiculousness on the internet that would be fun but um Going to talk about that tomorrow. Going to also talk about uh, over, at one point this week, I don't know Wednesday or Thursday, my five biggest questions for the Padres heading into the second half, guys. So lots of fun stuff. Lots of fun stuff. And with that all being said, everybody, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter, at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. And until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care.